At this time, there are so many things to say, but we have no words to express all the thoughts, feelings churning inside us. So we will simply state that as we have a public voice, we are morally compelled to stand in solidarity with our black brothers and sisters. The system must change. The treatment of people of color in law, business, education, and immigration must change. We will finish with two quotes by the Reverend Desmond Tutu, a far wiser and more qualified voice than ours. If you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. My humanity is bound up in yours, for we can only be human together. Welcome to the From Quarantine podcast, a weekly dose of dry humor from two Americans living in the heart of Europe. Hosted by January Newbanks and Tassie Gibson. Hello, dear listeners. Tonight, I am not only joined by my fabulous co-host, Tassie Gibson, but also we have with us a returning guest, Tara Milo. Hi, Tara. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How's Lisbon? It is nice and hot and also very calm. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yes. Cold here in Prague. Yeah. It was raining today. <laughs> it was, what's hot? Hot's like 23, 24? 30. 30. No. Yes. Oh, for our American listeners, what is that in Fahrenheit? It's like 90. 90, yeah. Oh, and it's God. 33 in my apartment. It's hotter in here than it is outside. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to use a Czech phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least you have some water nearby. I hope that you get to go splash around in it soon. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Are your beaches still closed? No, we're, we're not like supposed to go to the beach, but you can go to the beach. It's very lax. Uh We're maintaining social distancing and you have to have a mask and all of that stuff. So like, everyone's still going to the beach. I went to the beach last weekend and it felt very safe because you're just there with your own family or yourself and you don't interact with people. We're not like blowing on each other. Like we're outside. <laughs> so <laughs> felt very safe and healthy. Yeah. I read good. an article. Actually, it might've been one of the articles you sent to me, Jan, and it was talking about how um, the worst things, or not the worst thing, but one of the things that governments did that um, was critiqued was making people stay inside because yeah. it was saying that actually being outside in nature uh, was very therapeutic for the brain as well as the body. And yeah, that's, that's super hard in the city, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's true, but it was an interesting thing that like when you close people. I mean, what mm-hmm. thing was closed in their apartments for six weeks? Like couldn't yeah. walk outside the front door, um, and that it's much better if you can go outside. So I'm I'm glad that that's starting to happen. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think that's something that Portugal did well was they they let us go outside, and it was mm-hmm. like you're allowed to go out to exercise and walk around and do all of that because they, they realize how therapeutic and how just nourishing it is to get sun and get that vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So we've been allowed outside the whole time. That's good. Um, and I remember you saying like, 
there were nice policemen kind of walking around and if yeah. people were congregating they were like hey guys let's keep it moving <laughs> yes um, so so that's that's good well actually it's a really nice introduction to today because um if there's anything that we know ladies things are going to change yep <laughs> so today almost momentarily it's true. We are going to talk about change because uh, the month of May has been full of change. Um, we've seen lockdowns start to ease. We've seen governments make turnabouts day to day to day to day. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so today we want to talk about change. So what's going on in Europe right now? Have you been keeping track? Well, so Czech Republic, it sounds, Tara, like we're um, the same as you. Uh, things are getting back to normal. You can go outside. You can go to work. Um, we have to wear face masks in public transportation and inside of uh, buildings, so stores, restaurants. Um, and I think that most of Europe's on the same track. You guys are on the same track, right? Yep. Yep. It's the same. And actually tomorrow, the bigger stores are allowed to open. So like Ikea opens tomorrow. Okay. Um, but small stores have been closed, have been open for a week or two. And mm -hmm. now the bigger stores get to open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I, it seems across the board, that's kind of where things are. Um, what I've read, Germany is is the same denmark seems to be about the same i think the uk if we're still calling them europe uh, <laughs> whatever they choose to be called we'll we'll let them we'll let them choose um that I think island the uk is still on lockdown yeah. um although I, I just spoke with dan and he said that they're sending some people back to school next week okay okay that's an update. I hadn't heard about that. So yeah, slowly, slowly. Slowly, yeah. slowly. And it sounds like there's a very complicated um, traffic light system being put in place um, for travel between countries. So mm -hmm. there's like green countries where you can travel freely, which for the Czech Republic would be places like, I don't, I don't think Slovakia has agreed to it yet. No, Slovak's keeping pretty hard. hard yeah. grip. Um, I think that they like how low their numbers have been. They're really uh, leery of Yeah, and I think Moravia, which is closer to them, has like some pockets of mm -hmm. um, COVID that are probably a little bit still Yeah, there was active. that mining incident. Um, mm -hmm. A bunch of miners got it, yeah, yeah, a week or two ago. So don't blame them on that end. Um, Bohemia, however is a little bit different story. Um, yeah, our, our number, if you're like geeking out about that, is still right around one. Um, but I think Germany will have, will have uh, free to and from with them. And then there's like a yellow system. And it all is like really dependent on like this hair's breadth, like if, Croatia, who is safe right now and a green light, if they open up to Italy, then suddenly they might become a red light. So, mm. so it's all very yeah. like, I don't know if I would travel right now for fun. No. Um, I, I read, I read an um, interesting piece about 
Georgia is, in case you don't know, is an incredible place to visit. I haven't been there yet, but it is on my bucket list for mountains and sea. And like Tbilisi is supposed to be one of the most amazing cities. Um, And a lot of Czech tourists go there because of the hiking. And so they called in the Czech ambassador and they're like, look, let's do a special flight just for Czech tourists. (laughs) So they're trying to negotiate with Czech Republic that just Czech tourists can go hiking there. (laughs) That's funny. I guess there's not a whole lot of risk. I mean, like you, you have the airport business to worry about, but then like you're just sending them off into the mountains. So. Yep. Yep. How's the travel over there, Tara? Cause you guys, I mean, you're surrounded by Spain. So (laughs) So yeah. how's that going? Yeah, it's um I think it's the borders are still closed for trap like touristy travel. And I think the islands, the Azores or Asorish and uh Madeira Madeira are going to open next week and the week after for tourism. Okay. But Portugal relies so heavily on tourism, it's the main driver of the economy mm-hmm. so they're talking about opening travel from the uk which is like oh that's interesting worst hit right now oh, man <laughs> that doesn't make any sense not but, at all but i mean what can you do like yeah. i don't know it's this is a tricky one i yeah it's a tricky one mm-hmm. but i think people will be able to come from the uk um in the summer I suppose there will be testing and those sorts of things going on, or maybe the government will pay for the tests. Yeah, Since yeah. That, that, did you read about Cyprus? Was I talking to you about this, Tara, that Cyprus mm-hmm. will pay for your accommodation and your health care if you get COVID while on holiday there because they want people to come on vacation? Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's awesome. the guarantee from their government. And I was like, that's an interesting way to do it. Like, I guess. <laughs> Well, I I know that Italy is reimbursing people 30% or 50% for travel. So you book a plane ticket, oh. you book hotels, and then when you leave, you get that money back, which is pretty Fascinating. awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we, all, we rely on tourism so heavily and mm-hmm. it's crushing, crushing these economies. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think that that is interesting because the article that all three of us read is called anxiety about the end of coronavirus lockdown is more common than you'd think. Um, and as we talk about traveling and tourism, um, the article goes through the idea of like a lot of people felt anxiety at the beginning because of that closed feeling, like all the borders closed, everything closed. Um, And that's to be expected. But then as it progressed now that we are opening up and we're talking about traveling again, there's an anxiety that comes along with that openness as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So Tara, as we're talking about this traveling and Jan just said, I don't know if I'd travel for pleasure. What was, what were you feeling as borders were closing? Um, Were you anxious? I was freaked out, not by the borders, but the whole thing, like all of this, this whole concept of quarantine and um I as I've said before like I love being at home but it's just it was the loss of freedom I think and the loss of the ability to go out and do what you want to do 
um, was, I was very anxious. And I said to you, Tassie, I'm like, I will not make it to May 31st. I will not. This I is not going to happen. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I will find a man. I will go live with him. <laughs> <laughs> this is how women survive. We, we, just, <laughs> we do what we need to do. Yeah, we did have uh, this conversation about, I, I think both you and I having, uh, I mean, we have our, our fur our fur yes. companions, but, yes. um, you know, not being <laughs> quarantined with another human, human being, um, that you and I both had that concern because I think especially those first two or three weeks, it was like, we're not allowed to meet another human, Yep. Yeah. Um, which was really and daunting and it yeah. kind of evolved from there, but. Exactly. And we need touch. We need to talk to people. We need eye contact. So mm-hmm. I was really freaked out at the beginning and I stayed inside for a couple of days. And then the first time I went out and I remember I was just going for a run. So it was something I would do by myself anyway, that's not different, but there was nobody outside and that freaked me out. And Lisbon has a really special energy. So to have that energy gone from the city, you could feel like fear and just, I think you called me on that run and you were like, yeah, "Ah." yeah. Like this is not okay because a tram passed and it was empty and buses were passing and they were empty. And I, that feels really strange. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, Jan, of course you weren't alone. You were with your family. It was the opposite Um, of alone. (laughs) (laughs) so how did that translate into anxiety was it a comfort being with your family I mean of course it was you know I mean but yeah um or was there also a bit of anxiety of like how are we all going to be in one place for so long well I think I had more anxiety over technical technical difficulties like um Lucy learning in a different language and us needing to like homeschool her suddenly Mm -hmm. or school from home I don't know I think there's there's some tension about using homeschool in this (laughs) scenario um there was that that initial but Andy and I have um we have kind of a system where we both we both have worked from home for so long pretty much our entire marriage um that I wasn't too you know a lot of people are, are kind of accustomed to like working at the table when they're at home, the kitchen table, or they don't have like a dedicated space. We already had dedicated spaces for each of us and Lucy. Um, so we had kind of a, a nice setup for that. We had outdoor space attached to our flat. We have two balconies. Um, so I kind of felt like I was talking to my friend Liz over like just chat or something. And she was like, it's one part cozy one part terrifying. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's true because like one, it's nice to be kind of with your family and we have sort of developed this rhythm. Um, I was talking to Tati earlier is like, like we kind of feel like a little terrarium. We have this ecosystem that, you know, we know how to like move around each other and to get what we need, but to like get out of each other's way. Um, but I felt this immense pressure and I think a lot of parents did because there was this like rush to things like outschool.com or, uh, Kiwi, um, 
the Kiwi crates, they started doing like homeschool projects. Uh, the Czech government did Uchitelka, which was like online schooling and stuff. So, so there was like this rush of like, oh my God, how are we going to meet the needs of our children? Um, mm -hmm. Because like you were saying, Tara, our, our kids need touch and they need eye contact and they need it from people that aren't just their parents. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I was a little worried about like the loss of peer uh, influence in her life. But yeah, other than that, I think I, I probably had like a, an easier time. I didn't really feel claustrophobic. I didn't really feel super anxious about being closed up. I felt more anxious about having to venture outside for things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think, I think that that was, that was something that a lot of people were feeling. What I liked about this article is as it comes full circle to things opening up, there was this great quote from um, clinical psychiatrist Caroline Fleck. And um, she says, I've been seeing contentedness in the faces of some of my therapy clients as they describe the odd sense of relief and stillness they've experienced since mm -hmm. life as we know it changed. There is something indisputably restorative about just being, particularly in a society that heavily orients us towards doing. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you're saying that because that, I mean, that is the societal norm to do, do, do. Mm -hmm. And then I think in those first two, three weeks, I talked to both of you ladies about like, oh my gosh, there are these museums and there are these podcasts and there's mm -hmm. this and this. And all three of us in different ways came to the conclusion of like, I'm kind of going to do puzzles and sit this one yeah. out. <laughs> I know, I know. I was, I was envious of the energy of people who were like rushing to see the Louvre via like, I don't know, VR or something. <laughs> I was like, um, I've been to the Louvre in real life. I'll sit this one out. Uh, <laughs> um, I, think, but I think a lot of the anxiety came from not like you have to stay home, but how long is this yeah. going to last? Like just the unknown. Amen. The complete unknown was. <laughs> I do not. So my personality, my little Tassie personality does not do well with, unknowns yeah with change. like I can change I'm a flexible person but like like eventually I, yeah or I've joked that I could probably endure a lot of torture if you told me what the torture is how long exactly it would last and mm -hmm. what I'll feel like when it's over like if I know the parameters of things I'm just kidding don't torture me but like if I know the parameters um, I can usually deal with it. If I don't, I can tell you many, many stories where my brain just kind of freaks out. And I, yeah, I agree with you, Tara, that like the idea of the unknown was really hard. Yeah. I, I wonder if we even knew that that's why we were so anxious. Like we were just anxious and there were, oh yeah, so many days where the the mood swings were intense and I even mm. had that last week where like why do I feel like curling up in a ball and crying there's nothing wrong mm -hmm. it was just a weird global energy I think that was just freaked out and it's like there's nothing wrong with there's everything wrong I think yes. the amount of information we have to ingest right now um I mean, the world feels like it's on fire in a lot of different areas, like yeah. politically, health-wise. Um, 
you know the economy the economy mm-hmm. is like crazy i mean and, and and the insanity is like we we don't even know how bad it is like we have no idea like yeah. until we really get to quarter three quarter four um we're really not gonna know exactly how bad it is and so and so your or brain is not, or how not there i yeah, mean yeah. like that's true it, it could it could rebound it could rebound yeah. in certain places mm-hmm. <laughs> in other places where they're not taking preventative measures maybe not right. yeah. yeah i think it's true because it's the it's the we don't know and we've never done this and i think that collective feeling of like huh we're kind of in a ship without a paddle just floating on the sea yeah um and I think especially in the modern world in the last, I don't know, 10 years, since we all have smartphones in our hands, mm-hmm. it feels like we can control so many things. Like I can, I can just order my food online. I can book a ticket immediately. No one, no one backpacks and shows up at a hostel to see if there's a room. Like you always yeah. book online. And I think that idea of we're always one step ahead of ourselves um, did mm-hmm. not translate well into like okay what's happening yeah I remember specifically Tassie a visitor who had come to visit um Andy and I and you came over because you had visited uh Croatia where he was headed and Mm -hmm. you guys were discussing accommodation and going back and forth of the islands and yeah there was one point where you were just like this isn't online like you can't find this online you just have to show up and then this will happen. And like, I thought, I think his mind was like going to explode. <laughs> I do remember that. Cause yeah, because that's true. Like sometimes there's certain places in the world that just like don't operate on this clock. And I think this kind of standstill that we experienced, um, really brought that, that this control is an illusion. <laughs> kind of too. Kind of to the forefront, not to be too like Nietzsche about it, but like <laughs> it's just very, you know, like the we don't we don't this is all fake. Like the the economy is all like fake money, and <laughs> and time is an illusion. Oh, the yeah. societal norms that we're like <laughs> adhering to are just like somehow like ingrained in us that we've decided. But I like, don't what have if somebody to shake decides hands to with anyone any longer? <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I think it sort of brought that like chaos out. <laughs> which like I kind of love change and I love when like snow days like when there's chaos and nobody can drive in the streets and like it's a state of emergency like not that people can get hurt I don't like that part but like I really love that feeling of time being suspended you know mm-hmm. like the normal everyday day-to-day now this this pushed me beyond <laughs> beyond my love of snow days. Um, you know, when you add like a, a virus to the silent virus to the mix. It's not just a, a level three snow warning. Right, right. Like it pushed me. But I have a tendency to get like really excited about like when big changes happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I was thinking about this, uh, earlier today, because there was this quote that I was thinking about for one of my, um, paintings, uh, that I've been working on for my 100 day project. 
and I was talking about like the old world is dying and the new world is struggling to be born. And I was thinking about that struggle. Um, mm -hmm. Like a lot of times we just think when looking back at like World War II, you know, like this old way of doing things in Europe, the aristocracy, the, the inequality, the level of like control of the government, this fascist movement, like all of these things had to die this like horrifying death <laughs> that like we can now look back in a history book and be like and then this happened <laughs> right <laughs> da -da -da -da. And through it yeah yeah there's a, and there's a buddhist principle that says that that all good things come through pain because that's mm -hmm. the birth of them yeah so, yeah, yeah it's interesting and it's true and i just like it, it it fills me with hope when i think like i was just rambling on about like you know how everything is fake but like it fills <laughs> me with, with hope when i think about things like that because i'm like okay in the struggle there can there can be something beautiful that comes from this and mm -hmm. um it gives you like that moment of like i can be still in this moment and I can appreciate it. And I think that's one of the things that I liked about that article was her discussing how people found a sense of stillness and mm -hmm. just how difficult that is to achieve when like you have a normal or what we had become, what had become normal um, day to day rat race kind of to contend with, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's true. I was talking about this with some friends just yesterday about how much we were all freaking out about quarantine, but then how much we now look back and we're like, ooh, that was kind of nice. It yeah. was still mm -hmm. and quiet and we got to just sit and be with ourselves for a while. And we have so much privilege and luxury to, you mm -hmm. know, we didn't lose mm -hmm. our jobs. We didn't, you know, we can still work from home. We can absolutely do whatever. And the three of us didn't have kids. And that I think adds such an extra layer that you have to take care of someone else's emotions besides your own. Mm -hmm. um, but now that things are opening up, we're kind of like, um, can we stay in for a little while longer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, know. I actually we made the decision not to send Lucy back to school um, because in the Czech Republic it's it's optional. They were limited class sizes, and I think there was kind of this understood like if you can keep your child mm -hmm. at home, keep your child at home. Yeah, um, that's good. And so we decided to keep her home because I was like, we've got one month left of school. Like, why are we gonna <laughs> upset yeah. the balance? Mm -hmm. Like, we're just kind of finding our groove. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of a hard decision because there's a lot more that happens at school than just like the actual homework. Right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. so, so yeah, so we actually made that decision, but I kind of feel a little bit gratified because, uh, I was speaking with Lucy's Czech tutor and she works for a private school and she said that, um, in Prague six, actually Tassie, she mm -hmm. said that they, uh, sent the kids back to school and they were back to school for two days before someone had symptoms like coronavirus and they were fairly certain it was coronavirus and so they had to send everybody home that had been in the contaminated area and they all had to quarantine with their families for another 14 days 
So, oh, yeah. Just when you think it's over. But... <laughs> I know. I don't, I don't know how I would but, respond. But it is the benefit of smart quarantining. Um, I think, actually, we started out talking about what's happening in Europe. I think all countries have done some sort of version of smart quarantining. Um, which means different things in different places, which I think we've mentioned here before. But mm -hmm. basically keeping track of who has it and then keeping track of who they've had contact, contact with. Yeah. Um, so that is good that they didn't close the whole city when there, <laughs> when there are a couple of people that get it. Like yeah. now you just, you close the school. Okay, fine. Yeah. So question, Tara, have, have restaurants reopened in Portugal? Yes. Okay. Yep. So you guys have been out, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. How do you feel going out to like restaurants and meeting people again? I feel fine about it because I think here in Portugal, one thing that we did well now that we can look back is everyone noticed what was happening in Italy and Spain. And we, we kind of went inside before the government really had to lock us down. So I think people are just really conscious of like how close we are to each other. Let's just be extra careful with each other. So I feel really safe going out um, to restaurants and, and stuff like that. And I want to, because for me, it's the experience of going to a restaurant. Like sure. I'm a really good cook. It's not about going out for good food. Mm -hmm. I don't love cooking all the time. As Tassie knows, I'm always like, I don't want to cook. <laughs> what should I but, make tonight? <laughs> I hate cooking, but I'm a really good cook. So I don't go out because I need food. I go for the experience of going to a restaurant and meeting up with people and stuff like that. Sure. So um, I feel good about it now. I went to lunch today with a friend and it's really kind of goofy because you have to have a mask to enter the restaurant but once you sit down you can take your mask off that's <laughs> the same here yeah yeah um, which I guess makes sense because you're eating <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, um, yeah but like half the tables are shut down so like yes. you're taking a chance on the person that you're sitting with but you're not taking a chance on like everybody else exactly and the staff have to have the mask the whole time which makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they would just pass it from my table to the next table but it was funny at the beach last week um i had to get some food and so we went to a restaurant and if you did takeaway you would just get takeaway and it's fine but we wanted to sit there because i'm not going to take a burger back and sit on the sand and eat that no so <laughs> in order to enter the restaurant which is outdoor seating we had to buy a mask for one year. And they're like, luckily we have some here you can buy for one year <laughs> each. <laughs> but we didn't have to use the mask at all. That's funny. We just had to buy the mask. <laughs> Man. That is um, absolutely at its best. Yes. Yeah, bureaucracy also like just at work. Like oh. there's the loophole through the loophole through the loophole till yes. like the spirit of the law is completely lost. <laughs> it has been really interesting to see how businesses have changed and accommodated. And yeah, like you were saying, Jan, you know, that half the seating is closed yeah. or to see how um, like lots of places have put um, sidewalk seating out. I've noticed that's a huge thing. Even in Prague, they've shut one of the streets or it'll be shut during the summer so that more restaurants can have outdoor seating there. 
Um, so it's just, it's interesting to see how there's been this, let's figure it out and uh, still keep customers, still keep money flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think delivery, like I'm really trying to, I believe in innovation. And I think that that is what is going to keep our economy alive. And I think as long as companies try to remain as like flexible as possible and innovate where they can. Uh, one of the things, you know, I was listening to um, Matt from Automatic talk about was like cloud kitchens where there's no overhead. They only exist in this like com- rented commercial kitchen space. And then they're 100% delivery. So oh, interesting. Yeah. So you can have restaurants operating like that. Um, you know, I don't want to lose like the in-person culture, but like at the same time, like we don't know if there will be resurgences of this virus, like there have been, like there are with other flu viruses, you know, like there's every reason to expect that there will be outbreaks and hopefully smart quarantine will, will be able to contain it. But there might be times where we have to like go home for a couple of weeks. Um, And I, I think it's interesting to hear how the businesses, I mean, it's kind of the blockbuster versus Netflix story, right? Like you're going to have businesses who refuse to change and are woe is me and stick with the same model and want to die. And you're going to have businesses who innovate and um, we want to support, you know, what are the businesses around us, but at the same time, you know, we all need to be working together. Businesses need to be working to innovate as well. Mm-hmm. I love watching how thing, how businesses adapt. And so one thing that I thought was cool during quarantine was hairdressers, the way hairdressers adapted, because they, my hairdresser sent an email that said, uh, don't try to cut your hair yourself. It's not as easy as it looks. So they <laughs> think that that in like three days. <laughs> and then um, a couple, maybe a week or two later, somebody had a brilliant idea where they, they realized that people need hair coloring too. So they would mix your hair color for you because they keep track of that, I think. And so they would mix your personal hair color and then they would either deliver it or you could come pick it up. And that's such a great idea because people right now in every, every industry are craving personal attention. So to have the hairdresser remember you and make Mm -hmm. your hair color for you. That's amazing. Yeah. It, it helps them. So smart. I mean, Mm -hmm. Because in, a, in an industry where especially like you can't be face to face to find a way to get your customers still uh, interacting with you. That's so clever. Yeah. I also like Tara, I saw, I think it was on your Facebook um, about your friend that had the thrifting business. That was yeah. also interesting. She, she was opening a vintage clothing store and like just the worst timing to be opening a store. So she shifted a little bit and became a stylist. And now she can help you do a closet clean out. She can help you just find the clothes that look the best on you in your own closet. And she can do that virtually. So shifting some of those things to your area of expertise and your passion is such a great idea and a way to keep 
yourself afloat if you don't have an income, but also a way to serve your customers and get more customers once things open up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have a friend in Columbus who, well, not a friend, person I, I know on Instagram who, um, who does that as well. She kind of curates things from thrift stores and can put together capsule wardrobes for you and for your children, which is like hugely helpful to have them for your children because kids grow so quickly that like really having pieces that work together um, helps keep the waste down because you're kind of getting rid of clothes like you know every few months um yeah so I've enjoyed like watching businesses like that really come to life in times like this where kind of pivot from what they were doing to to doing something a little bit more personal as well that's really cool yeah, there was um, a part in the article um, towards the end where the, I think it was the same psychiatrist was saying, um, you should allow yourself to be changed by the changes you've endured. Mm-hmm. And I think that not just on a personal level, like everyone individually, the whole world <laughs> individually <laughs> through this course, um, but also businesses as well, because I've heard that from a lot of my students in different industries that they see businesses changing and pivoting um, and they were changed by this event, but also that change is going to last and actually could make them stronger um, in the, in the months to come. Yeah. Stronger, more sustainable. Like there's a lot of, a lot of like really, really good benefits that can come out of something like a standstill like this, where you have some time to think and pivot. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't, well, I can't hear that word for pivot without thinking of the Friends episode. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I think the same thing too, Ross. Pivot. pivot. Just get of that and put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> that was going around in all my entrepreneur groups was like, Oh, I'm sure. Now you have to pivot. Pivot, pivot, pivot. pivot. <laughs> it's like the buzzword, buzzword, right? Not the buzzword, but the buzzword. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> Change will make you do crazy things. But that's where we see cool innovation, right? Necessity is the mother of invention and all that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. It was a good test. And I think we're going to see it again in yep. the fall. Yep. And I hope a lot of us learn from it. I did get my hair cut and I was like, I need a cut that is going to grow out nicely. Mm. <laughs> I don't get to see you again. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing what you start thinking about, like, you know, how can, how can I make this last longer? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I bought a second puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Big purchases. I, I bought a freaking dryer, so I'm not, like, drowning in laundry anymore because, like, you have to change your clothes every time you get off a tram. <laughs> I got a new apartment. <laughs> Yes, you did. Talk about change, Tara. You've been you've been saying that that's coming your way for a long time. I'm so glad it just just took a global pandemic. (laughs) But it actually kind of did. Like, there's a positive note. Like, without the global pandemic, um, a lot of people, I think, were struggling with housing and pricing, Mm -hmm. and that's dropped things. So yeah, now Airbnb hosts are kind of like, hmm. Yeah. Let's make this long term. But here in I was having trouble finding a place because the Airbnbs are not meant for long term living. 
they have a small fridge. There's no storage. There's yep. So I don't know. But yeah, I found this place and I was like, you guys have been getting zero dollars for months. And here's my offer. Better than zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they said, yes do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I love that you took the initiative and contacted them with that because um, I think so often, and I'm a person that does that, I just see the thing and I go, that's the thing. Yeah. I love that you contacted them and said, look, I'll give you this and I'll live there. Yep. Yep. I almost threw up. I was so nervous when I sent that text. <laughs> but I wanted this place. I've had my eye on it and yeah, it came through, but I could not go through another quarantine in this little shoebox apartment. Mm-hmm. So I had to have space because if I'm going to be alone, I need access to fresh air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Those, those, um, you were showing me the windows in your apartment, the ones that opened to the, the roof. Those are difficult. Like Tassia, wasn't it you who said that you looked at a flat when you were buying Yes, and, like, and I said no. Yeah, yeah, like, like have to have like a window in a box. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. at the beginning, I was like, "Can I climb out of this window and sit on the roof?" <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where I was, like climbing the ceiling. <laughs> yep. Wait, I definitely wait. climbed on my roof, so <laughs> I feel <laughs> your pain. <laughs> <laughs> your roof is a good one. My roof is um, a good one. This has been a good conversation. I feel good about the change. Um, I think that we'll probably be talking to each other in a couple months again mm-hmm. and um, talking about what those changes were and where things are going. Yeah. Uh, I, see, I have a. Oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I see a lot of. In the article you sent, um, a different article about how businesses were adjusting, it was about resiliency. And I think that is important for all of us personally, but also mm-hmm. for businesses to find a way to be resilient and proactive. And I think we're going to see a little more focus on how we are treating the planet because mm-hmm. like eating bats caused this. So <laughs> let's not use Okay, like well, that. just I think there needs to be some thought behind like human bat interaction at this point, right? Like, I mean, even if you're not eating them, yeah, stop touching the bats. Let's, yeah. let's just let's Let stay away from their habitats, right? Like, yep. exactly, they're important. They do mm-hmm. they do work that we need them to do. So, yeah, yep. such good work. Yeah, but they also yeah. have a lot of nasty ass diseases. So <laughs> let's stay away. <laughs> exactly. True. True. Yeah, it has it has been good and like that. It's probably a discussion for another podcast. Um, but I know between the three uh, or among the three of us, we've been shooting articles back and forth about like I was mentioning in Prague that they're shutting one of the streets and creating like yes. a pedestrian friendly, restaurant friendly area. That um, in London, they're closing um, some of the streets to traffic and they're really encouraging people to bike. Bikes have become like the new industry everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Here in Czech Republic. In, I don't uh, think you can bike, buy a bike in the Czech Republic right now. <laughs> yeah, they're just selling. I, I read, I don't know where it was, but I think it's up like 300% sales <gasps> mm-hmm. of bikes or something. Yay. Um, in France so, too. Yeah, they're... Yeah. They're giving rebates and really encouraging people like, hey, the air is clear. Let's try to maintain this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that it, it, it's a little bit like having a mini reset button hit. Um, I think there are a lot of things that can go 
um, in a different direction coming yeah, off of definitely. this. Mm. Looking forward to that. Me too. Well, I have a moment of calm. It's a little bit longer moment of calm for tonight, but um, I thought I'd go full on 60s. <laughs> nice. And I feel to turn, turn, turn by the birds. Nice. Um, and so that's going to be our moment of calm tonight because I think it's appropriate in a lot of ways. So to everything, there's a season and a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to reap, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to laugh, a time to weep, a time to build up, a time to break down, a time to dance and a time to mourn, a time to cast some stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace, a time you may embrace, a time to refrain from embracing a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time for love, a time for hate, a time for peace. I swear it's not too late. Oh, that's very that's nice. Lovely. So. Different well, hearing it read, too. Yeah. I'm Thank glad I got to that. virtually quarantine with the two of you. I wouldn't have picked better companions for the road. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> 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 so enjoy your evening ladies thank you very right. much have a good night guys you too bye bye thanks for listening to this week's episode of from quarantine we are live on all platforms so you can find us on everything from the big guys like apple podcasts and spotify to your favorite podcast apps you can get updates on our episodes on Instagram. Just search for From Quarantine. And you can find our full show notes on our website, quarantine.cz. We would love it if you would like and share our episodes with your friends. But if you could also take a moment to rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, that would help us out tremendously. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is brought to you by the coronavirus outbreak. Live together. Dialogue.